Hey everyone, and welcome to Cozying Up with the Clear Cut, where we get up close and personal with women that inspire us. Today we have Jenny Friedman. She is the co-founder of Supernode Ventures. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So she is a super young female in the venture space, and that's pretty uncommon, right? I think so. I mean, there actually have been tons of funds, to be completely honest, uh, as of late, and a lot of intermobility within the VC ecosystem. And you're seeing, I think that you are seeing a lot of younger partners, and it's a very young industry. But um, And for those of us who don't know what VC is, can you explain sure. kind of what you do on a day-to-day basis? Definitely. So it's venture capital, and we're investing in early-stage companies, so... We at Supernode, we're doing pre-seed and seed. The word type doesn't really matter. It's basically based on valuation and how much traction the company is at and how much revenue they've been doing, whether it's a SaaS company in terms of MRR, ARR, and if it's a consumer company, how many units they've sold and daily average users. So basically, she puts in probably the initial money, initial investment in an early stage company based on their traction and how well they're doing. So what are those like initial investment sizes look like? So we'll do so we will do pre-revenue, pre-traction. Um, those are typically called considered pre-seeds. So we'll put 100k or a couple hundred k in, in a super early stage company, and then we intend to follow on and exercise our pro rata, help uh, these companies get exposure to press and um, later stage investors. And then for the seed companies, they're probably a little bit farther along, and we'll still put in the same amount of capital. We'll just obviously not have as much ownership. But I think I would say half of our portfolio, our initial checks are pre-seed and half are pre-seed and half are seed as initial checks. So when you guys put in 100K into a company, that's just um, part of the overall round the startup is raising, right? Okay. And so yeah, sometimes it's like a 400K round and we'll put in a quarter of it, something like that. Cool. And what are your favorite types of early stage companies to invest in? Like what, when you see a company come pitch you, like what's something that excites you, things that you look out for, you know, like these are the types of businesses that I want to put money towards. Great question. (laughs) Um, It's very founder focused. I mean, I was at a different fund, which I'm sure we'll speak about later, but um, they were doing half B2B and half B2C. So half consumer and half business to business software. Um, I love consumer because, you know, you can relate to it and, you know, you talk to all your friends about it and everyone loves the latest trends and wants to be the next Albers and Glossier, etc. And it's very attractive and exciting. Um, those are the sexy deals. However, as I've, you know, been in venture for about... They're probably, probably a bunch of unsexy but great but businesses. Great. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> so, like, four, like, four years into venture, I was like... I love consumer, but I'm not going to be just a consumer fund because customers are super fickle. It's very correlated to a ton of media and marketing spend, um, and there needs to be some sort of moat. So I'll, I love consumer. There just needs to, I just need to see either uh, something on the supply chain, whether it's an art supply chain arbitrage or on the tech side, something proprietary. But it's very hard to just 
throw darts right now at like a, another consumer product. Yeah. And I'm sure there are a lot of women or just young people out there that are really interested in BC and kind of find it, you know, a difficult industry to break into. So we'd love to know how did you get here? Like how, what was the path you took to get, have your own early stage fund? So this, I think, and I was just reading something from something I read on Eric Schmidt saying something that it was all about luck. A lot of things are about luck. Mm -hmm. And I happen... Or capitalizing on your luck, right? 100%. Mm -hmm. So my background, very quickly, born and raised in New York City, went to Penn, worked at Goldman for a couple of years, and then really wanted to make the transition into... Did you uh, like working at Goldman? I think it was, honestly, everyone can say what they want, but I, the network I've created, connections I made, friends I've made, it's a great place to start your career. You learn mm-hmm. how to be a professional. Mm-hmm. And, like, I didn't love that entire corporate environment, which is why I sort of wanted to venture in a different environment. But It's a great place to start. You learn and- how to be a... I don't know. Like you learn how to work. It's yeah. Like you really do. You. It's a. It's very hierarchical. You. I think it's become more lax as the environment. I. I was there. Last time I was there was 2014, 15, and I think that there's more working from home, and it's like a little bit easier than it was before. It was very stringent and just. But that probably helps you a little bit with your work ethic today, right? Totally, hundred mm-hmm. percent. And it was just. I, I used to be just. It was like very methodical. I went to Penn. Went worked at Goldman in the summers, then went right after, and I like just wanted to know my exact path. Mm-hmm. Sort of like getting into Penn early when I was in high school. Like you just, I just wanted you always to, had like a plan, right. and you were like, I'm always going to follow this totally. plan. So when did you realize like your plan wasn't your lifelong plan? So I was headhunters would call me and ask me if I wanted to do asset management and similar positions. Just at a different great funds, and I was like, honestly, could you consider me for for can you consider me for venture capital? And they were like, that's not what we are paid to do. Like, that's not. It's just not going to happen. So I was like, I need to find a different path. It's not going to be directly into venture. This is also four or five years ago when there were not this many funds. Now there's tons and tons, and the venture community here is thriving. Back then there was like a handful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I really liked early stage companies and I really wanted to be in seed and see what it was like to be in a scrappy environment. So I left, I applied to Columbia Business School, got in super early within probably a year until I had to start. Cool. So I joined Minibar Delivery, which For that year. if you don't use it, you should. I, <laughs> I really love Minibar. They're amazing. They're, their customer service is fantastic. What is Minibar? So it's basically, it's just, it's basically seam, uh, alcohol. I'm mean, I can't speak right now. Seamless for alcohol. Mm-hmm. Exactly what it is. So, <laughs> so you you pay the same exact price as if you went to a bodega, mm-hmm. and they just deliver it to your door within an hour. Is it's, that only in New York City, or they're in other? No, they're they're. I don't even now. I don't even know how many cities they're in, but like dozens for sure. And what did you do for them? So I was a pre MBA, so I had it was a lot of low hanging fruit, but I did learn a lot about e commerce, logistics, and marketplaces, which I love to look at now as mm-hmm. an investor. Um, I love that, and the team was great. It was, su- it was super small, so probably the two co founders, two engineers, um, a head of growth, and head of marketing, and me. And I learned so much. It was honestly fantastic. Um, this was also the time where you could Google like 20 best startups in New York City and you could like just find and I was like this sounds dope let me do this um, so I did that until business school and then I happened to, I reached out to a friend that was in my sorority she's 
I'll just stay because she's so fantastic, Liz Wessel. She started a company called Way Up. It was Campus Jobs way back then. I met her at Techstars. She's she's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I always knew she was going to just crush life. Anyway, I reached out to her and I was like, hey, do you mind introducing me to your LPs? Because that was, I I, no shame. I'm just, you got to do, you got to do. You got to ask if you You want something. Honestly, for anyone that's going to listen to this, you have to ask. It never hurts to ask. And the worst case is that you say no. Say no, yeah. And then whatever. But if you never ask, you might never get that opportunity. Yes. So I asked Liz, I was like, what do you, can do you mind introducing me to your LPs? And she said, um, ENIAC didn't invest, but Nahal, which is one of the founding general partners, did. And I think you would be fantastic with them. There's a team of four engineers or the co-founders and partners. Um, and they're all from Penn, and they love the Penn contingency, and they give you a ton of responsibility, and they're great. Anyway, met with Nahal in the morning. He gave me an offer that afternoon, which is not normal at all. <laughs> I think that it's due to the fact that he's married to Reshma, who is like just the greatest person and and she started girls who code and i think he just wanted to go home and say i heard girl um but he was the greatest mentor i ever had he still is he's one of my closest friends and and i co-invest with him at supernode now but i joined him at eniac and he taught me really everything i know so that was so you worked um there while you were at columbia business school and then a bit after they, long story short, were investing outside of New York for a bit, closed their offices in New York, um, and then I was looking for something full-time here. Mm-hmm. And I happened to go to a... Te- this is this is why you got to go to things. I'm not kidding. You know those things where you're just like, I really don't want to go out, but yeah. like <laughs> I have to? I stopped by this event. It was, a, it was a tech event for UJA, which is a Jewish federation. Yeah. Um, my partner was there and this is crazy because I met the guy who introduced me to Laurel is now Liz Wessel's fiance tell me about it wow that no. is a small world <laughs> the weirdest thing <laughs> anyway she he was asking me what I was doing and I said you know looking for something full-time here really want to do early stage venture and he was like you should meet Laurel she's actually here she's looking for a partner and I was like I was looking at, I didn't know I was just looking to be in a small environment mm-hmm. had a couple of qualifications but like she really fit all of them. We totally had a shotgun marriage, met, drafted an agreement, and that was literally, I was like, what am I getting myself into? How quick from when you guys met to like when? Like two weeks. Are you kidding No, no, me? it was insane. How, so how does that happen? Like, tell me, what was your conversation? Like, cause like crazy, I, and I am not, like, I'm spontaneous, she, but I'm not she's, that. She's, like, more seasoned yes. in she's, the industry, yes, right? Yes, 100%. Um, so was she looking for like some young blood to like partner up with or what? I think so. She didn't, she's so kind and she's so open and she's, she's very young at heart. Um, really quickly, her background, she had an operating company called Media Bistro. She sold it. Um, she'd only raised 500 K from Marty Peretz and Bill Ackman. That was it. Um, she basically was doing LinkedIn for the media community because her background was in journalism. So she was a business journalist and spent like 30 some years in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she actually started Media Bistro because she was 30 and single and in New York and wanted to find a guy. So she, <laughs> so she was literally, she started creating these like little parties to meet people. She actually met a husband just not through that. It ended up being like a great sensation and she it took off. It was like a job board and it, it was everything. She could have been Linda. She could have been Craigslist at some point. 
like that's her biggest regret. But she's <laughs> she's fantastic. Anyway, she sold her company. She sold it for twenty three million. Kept it, well, about a little bit over sixty percent. Then what she did with that was bought a big loft in Flatiron, um, where she hosts tons of events for our portfolio companies. So how long ago did you start this together? So we started it and met two years ago. And okay, two years. Like to the date almost. Oh my God, awesome. And what was your first investment together? So the, I actually love our first investment. It was We were just talking about it. It was choosy. Um, it was, it's super that interesting. That was your first investment? First investment. Awesome. And I go with my family every year over Christmas and we, I did diligence before I left. I was on the plane. I was like, is this how venture is supposed to work? Like, it was just very crazy. We, I had done all the diligence then I sent it to Laurel and I was like, what do you think? And she was like, I just met the founders. This is amazing. We've got to do it. So for those of us who don't know what Choosy is, can you explain? So, yeah. So mm-hmm. it started, it's basically... They have, it's Zara or H&M sort of 2.0. So they get everything off the runway and create it for you in a couple of days. And it's basically a flash fashion company. And is it like limited quantities? So I think that one of the most interesting things about it is that they will gauge interest in certain items in real time. So it really helps with balance sheet management. Um, and they have a, a relationship with a manufacturing plant in China, which they um, have sourced all their all their fabrics and done everything there. So it's been, they've done a fantastic job, and that was our first deal. We were the only institutional investors. Then a couple of months later, NEA wow. and Forerunner did it, which was so. I was like, I'm so good at my job. Like, yeah, you're so. <laughs> you're like starting I so, trends. I was so happy. I was like, NEA, my first deal in Forerunner. I was so happy. <laughs> and then, and then Kotu had just gave them a bit um, for a seed extension, and they're going to be off for an A soon. But they've been doing a yeah, great I think, job. Well, they were just like, in, do they? Do you see them on their Instagram? They're all over mine. I I get their ads all, all the time, the time right? on yeah. Instagram. Yeah, and I just. I think I read in this in the Forbes thirty under thirty that they raised what like eleven million dollars. They or something? yeah, they raised a ton of. And that's not their A. No. Oh my god! So that was a seed. But it it, <laughs> it was very it was it's it was expensive, a lot of it was expensive. Cool. Uh, <laughs> They'll they they're gonna be raising the seed very shortly. This A. So I feel like there's like t- such different definitions of like what seed is now versus what A because I feel like a few years ago totally. like t- $2 million would have been a series A, right? It's all changed. So when I was at ENIAC, we were even trying to explain to people what seed investing was and yeah. people like were very used to A being the initial investment um, and everything before that was sort of angel investing, friends and family, family. etc. So seed evolved and then Everything was everything's been pushed up, so yeah. it's been like what used now to be. Now pre-seed is what seed exactly, used to be. Exactly, exactly, yeah. and all it's same with A and seed. So it's like it's everything's gone upstream, and so then we created sort of a category. We didn't cre- Superno didn't create it. We we saw big space in the market for it, um, which some other funds have been doing. It's called pre-seed, which is basically institutionalizing angel investing. So instead of raising capital from friends and family, um, you get you know all of, everything that comes with a VC, and you're raising out of pre-product and pre-revenue. So this is out of just my curiosity. So as a venture fund, when you're investing in a consumer company, what kind of returns are you looking for if you know they're raising such big 
um, at such big valuations. Honestly, right now, I have to say everything's been, I'm trying to say discipline. It's been insane. Like people are investing. I can't wait for the quote correction. It's been nuts. Um, people are doing because there there are companies that aren't profitable that are worth it, almost a billion dollars, so to say, it, right? Insanity. I mean, yeah. so we've seen this is the I think busiest I've ever seen ever since SoftBank. Like August was supposed to be dead as it is for every other industry, and it was the busiest, busiest summer we've ever had. And through now, I mean, it's continuing to be like that. I think that I mean, there's pre-product deals that. Um, consumer deals that are so interesting that we would love to do like about longevity and anti-aging and all this stuff but they're raising really unreasonable valuations I mean like for the regular person that doesn't know much about like investing or venture I know that you know WeWork's been in the news and just to see like them spending so much money and now now not doing well um, after you know wanting to IPO that's something that's like wait so you can like ha- get all this money from people, but don't have to show I, returns, and then you're yeah. yeah I don't just doesn't make basically. Sense. <laughs> I I thought that after we were, I mean, personally, I was thinking that with WeWork and with everything that's gone on in yeah. the climate, we were ready for the correction. It was going to happen soon. Yeah, but I'm still seeing like happened. pre-product deals that are being basically. When I say pre-product, it's like there's no product and there's been no sales. For, so it's like basically just it's essentially an idea. Um, and they're raising at, at, they're valuing their own businesses like $30 million or $50 million. How, like, and no, it's, it's wild. It's, yeah. it's wild. I, I was just talking to my former boss about this and it's like, he was like, no, it's crazy town. I was like, that's a great, that's a, it, it is crazy town. It's nuts. So I'm trying my best to just wait until it calms down because it just doesn't make sense. And I don't, yeah. And what are you most excited about? Like, in the future of like startups and what do you hope to invest in soon? I hope to invest in, um, we're, I mean, we were very founder focused. Um, and what does that mean? So it's when you're investing this early, it's, it's really about the founders. So like how well they fit into whatever industry. Yeah. And there's like a thing called founder market fit, fit. which <laughs> is like just very real. Like the, you have to understand the industry. You have to be a domain expert. If it's a technical company that you need to scale in house, you need to have you need to be technical yourself. Um, if you do, you have the grit. Are you going to persist? Like it, there are so many things that you need to learn. About. You need to get to know people. At least for us, we need to meet them in person. You need to meet them a bunch of times, personally and professionally. Get references. Um, it's a, it's whether or not this, this person is going to give up. And sometimes, honestly, uh, I would say two things about teams. Personally, I preferred a two person, two, at least two person team. Um, it just usually works out better like that. It's very hard for one person to do Oh yeah. All I, of it. I couldn't do it on my own. I mean, but it's can fun. you imagine though doing no, it? No, I can't imagine doing it at all on my own. But also what's interesting is like when Kyle and I started, a lot of people were like, don't tell people that you're a couple because we weren't married. No, I, I, yeah. So. Well, your story was something because you guys weren't engaged and you started an engagement company. Yeah. So (laughs) we were like, eventually we'll get engaged, but we're starting this company now. Um, So I know a lot of people are like, don't tell people, but it was just like, and in our tech stars cohort, there were like 
a bunch of like male female co-founders and everyone was in a relationship but they were just all pretending not to be but it's like you end up finding out and like what's wrong with that no there's nothing wrong with that but I, I forgot the statistic I really should do it off the top of my head the biggest the biggest source of a startup failing is the management team falling apart. Mm-hmm. And it's an enormous but that statistic. that happen with friends, 100%. Mm-hmm. But you just, you know, you're treading lightly when it's a couple. Especially, like, you guys were ripe to get engaged. So I was just <laughs> like, is he going to propose soon or not? Because, <laughs> because they were, you guys, like, I'm... It's like- if he's not proposing, what's up? Yeah, like you wouldn't <laughs> if it, it like if it had been a couple more years, wouldn't would you have stayed with it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he was very good at just being like, you know, we're just starting a company. We don't. Have, well, we only have so much time for that. <laughs> I know. Well, good thing. Yeah. Good that. thing it happened. <laughs> Wait, uh, I want to do a little bit of a transition because. You're actually one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram, and she is so so (laughs) funny. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. And it's so funny because you're, like, this professional, like, venture, um, you know, venture capitalist, but on Instagram, you're, like, a comedian. It's so nice. (laughs) Honestly, thank you so much. I really, I'm obsessed with Instagram. I find it to be such a fun outlet. I don't know. I would love to be like I told my bo- my former boss this the other day. I would love to be like the Fred Wilson of Instagram, like combine it and be like do my own twist with social media presence. And nobody's really done that. For but those of us who don't know who Fred Wilson is, he started Union Square Ventures, and he's just one of the gurus in BC. So you want to be like. Like a VC a, like Mary Meeker. Which I want to, yeah, I want to be like a VC. I don't, I mean, influencers, like. It's like a blanket know. term now. But like, I want, I, I never, I don't really like the whole combining personal and professional, but with my job at VC, you actually don't really have a choice. Mm-hmm. And everyone in that, VC is so incestuous, not incestuous, but like, you know, everyone's like, everyone knows each other, the ecosystem is very small, Mm -hmm. and so they end up following you on Instagram, and you're like, should I post, should I not, and then you're just like, you know what, F it, like, I'm just gonna, (laughs) I'm just gonna be me, and they know me personally, they know me professionally, and I work really hard, and so if I'm gonna post whatever like it doesn't take it doesn't detract I from. look forward to like all your like Halloween posts oh my god this year I didn't do Halloween you didn't Mm-mm. the past but couple th- years it was so, so funny much. you were like Lindsay Lohan like at yes. the beach club one year yes. and um who's that girl like I was cash me outside how about like, that oh my, my god, god you like literally so look exactly <laughs> like her it was like scary we impossible. need to like well in your costume we gotta like pan to see no no I every time I show people they're like you guys are twins I'm like that wasn't really the point, but I, I love like, Halloween. Wait, who is that? <laughs> it's, my, <laughs> it's my favorite holiday. I love it. This year, just like weddings got involved, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, but but I and if it wasn't gonna like crush, I didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. There was no one that I was like, this is this is my next. It has to like top last year. You've like conquered all the red like I notable know. redheads. That's the thing. <laughs> no, but if anyone has any. Yeah, Rex. comment and let us know what you should be next year. <laughs> no, but actually. Um, so for every episode, we ask all of our guests what their spark is. So that basically means, like, what ignites your passions, what keeps you going every day, even when, like, times are tough. Like, Totally. What is your inspiration? So I think 
I I think this is so lame to say this, but it's really not. So my dad works harder than anyone ever. He started as a cabbie. Um, he sold calculators when he was in college. Like, he never really drank. He was, like, a nerd like you've never experienced. <laughs> and then did... He worked at City Bank. He, like, he led Lev Finn and then at City and was doing Brooklyn Law School at night. Like, just, like, that intensity of like, just wanting to succeed um, and the persistence. And it just... I think for me and my brothers, we just saw him as just such an inspiration and my mom did work. She worked on Wall Street. She also went to Columbia Business School and Penn, similarly. Following uh, in her footsteps? Yes. There's actually a great article that they put out about us, which was so really? nice. It was so nice. Um, Where is the article? It's like a lot. It was sent out a couple months ago. They were doing a mother-daughter feature. Yeah, it was so oh. nice. But, um, I mean, she, and then she, decided, she still works two days a week, but she was a mom, and she still is a mom. Um, but and that's a very important 100%. big job too. Yeah, it's she raised three three fantastic kids. I mean, I would they would agree I'm the favorite. I am I'm actually I'm definitely the favorite. It's not really up for like everyone. We we know we everyone all know us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we all work really hard, the three of us, and and we you know you want to do you want to do well for yourself and for your family and your friends. Um, and I, with my job in particular, though, I love the fact that I can use growing up in New York and Goldman and Penn and Columbia Business School, wherever my past has taken me, to help entrepreneurs now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so Using rewarding. your network to help like, grow new businesses. It's, and honestly, I have to. I know I talk about it in the hall all the time, my former boss, but I promise you, like he's he is the definition of karma. He will do anything for anyone always making introductions just the kindest person and I've learned so much from him like you to go out of your way to respond to that email a cold email from an alumni or mm-hmm. all of that and it makes a difference it really does just to be helpful or and, and I know everyone makes fun of VCs like how can I be helpful but you're, part of our job <laughs> is to really do use our networks to be helpful to other entrepreneurs and it's, it is very rewarding when you make you know, you close the loop on, on someone that you grew up with or knew from wherever to an entrepreneur that's, like, hustling and starting out, and it makes a huge difference. So so we, give, <laughs> so we give all of our guests a spark ring, and this ring, you know, it's just a daily reminder of your passions, your ambitions, you know, what keeps you going every day. No, I love, I actually, well, this is perfect, so I was thinking, I have another pinky ring that I'm obsessed with, and I was like, I should get another one on this this pinky. Does it fit? It's amazing. Love it. You can size it for no, you. No, no. This is this is it. Awesome. I love it. I'm gonna post about it. <laughs> yeah. This is fantastic. I'm trying to think of something funny for Instagram now that'll have all these new followers. I'm just yes. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Oh. Thank you. We also ask all of our guests to bring a piece of jewelry that is sentimental to them. So well, what did you bring today? Okay, well I wear this every day. So basically a lot of my, my mom didn't want me to wear an anklet. She thought it was really um, like not classy and I totally disagree um so my favorite anklet ever we were on vacation just the two of us we do a mother-daughter trip in summer and it's the best week of my life it fell off which I I'll cry thinking about it I'm not, but I loved it so much this isn't it but it still reminds me of exactly where it. were you on your mother-daughter trip we went to Capri in oh, Italy nice. we do it every year it's so sweet it's even she's she's like when you're in a serious relationship can we still go I'm like of course we can still go. 
can't wait. It's the best week ever. Anyway, despite hating the anklet, she still got it for me, and Aww. it was so sweet, and she hated it, but she was, like, spent so much time, like, and it has, like, helping a me figure out. elephant on so it. So the other one had, like, some hearts and stars and stuff, but then my cousin actually got me an elephant for good luck, and I, it was a bracelet I turned into an anklet. And I love it. It's just like, I think it's beautiful and sexy and I love it so much. But I even wear it in the winter where no one can see it. Yeah. And, and you, so you never ever take it off? Never. I love it. Except when it fell off in the ocean. You gotta, you gotta be really careful with jewelry. You gotta it's, be really it's careful. It's very upsetting. Don't wear it in the ocean if don't, you don't want to get don't. lost. <laughs> and every episode we also go from our spark to sparkle um and we look at some jewelry today we just actually came from a shoot of our collection and jenny loves earrings so i wanted to just love. show us our inside out diamond hoops I that are those. our blingiest hoops and she's wearing some gold hoops well today. i wear gold hoops every single day they i say that they have an f for my last name for friedman uh-huh. i love them i mean they don't actually it's just the brand <laughs> but these are amazing yeah so you can see diamonds from like every angle in that one is it weird if i ask you how much they sell it for i think they're like 2500 kyle, uh, kyle look it up so they're for real yeah these are amazing they're solid gold and diamonds mom do you want to get these <laughs> <laughs> these are beautiful i love them so much thank you can we confirm the price i mean yeah. i would I, I i think it would look great in them kyle's confirming <laughs> beautiful love them love thank you 24 25 so i was estimating too high well you know hanukkah is coming up that's what's coming up hanukkah's late this year right yes it hasn't started we still have time Still, Still time. <laughs> and you, do you guys have other, like, do you guys sell a bunch of We have of a earrings? whole collection now. Amazing. So we started with the custom engagement rings, but we launched our collection this past January, and now we've just been adding to it and adding to it, and it's been, like, the fastest growing part of our business. I mean, I get that, because earrings are the best. Yeah. Love earrings. Earrings change a whole outfit. Could be wearing, like, real earrings, and then, I mean, I am going out, but... They change everything. It's true. I was wearing, um, we have these new ones that are like our downtown diamond drops. And there's just these little drop earrings. But I was wearing a really casual outfit and put them on. And, and I instantly totally. was much like more totally. elegant. And it ma- and you like feel sexy. Everything about it. Yeah. I love big earrings. Awesome. Love. Well, if someone has a startup, like how do they get to you? How are they like, so Jenny, give me money. This, it's it, You have to use your network, which everyone does what if you're someone that like is just smart and has a great idea but doesn't like have a network you have to you, just reach honestly, out to you on linkedin re- no i <laughs> these days i've been checking i've been trying to check my inboxes um it's not the best way but sometimes it works honestly it's really like th- people that you think would never respond or people like i've I emailed the most random person, a very like a very famous person the other day, and I got a response. You know what I think is the best way to get a response? I always DM people on Instagram. So, so my friend works at this company called Face Gym. I'm doing a shameless oh, plug too. I saw you get your face like slapped mm-hmm. up. Yeah, that was so funny. Too. And she slides in. <laughs> she slid into Lizzo's. She went to P Diddy's house. She's now she's best friends with all these peeps in LA through. Sliding into their DMs. Yeah, that's how I met a lot of my good friends too. Just sliding into their DMs or the other way around. <laughs> it just sounds you can so meet guys that way though too. I'm single, just by the way. She's single. <laughs> if you want to slide into her DMs, feel free. Like I'll, I'll check it. <laughs> or if you want money from her, 
slide into her DMs. I'm very useful. You can be useful. <laughs> no, but you really have to use your network. Like, even if your parents' friends, your siblings' friends, like... But a lot of people... So, this is, like, a lot of critiques and criticism with the startup and venture community. I feel like it's, like, if you went to Columbia Business School or if you, you know, went to Penn, you have... A, or worked at Goldman Sachs, you have a network. Like, you know you know, more privileged, wealthy people that may, friends and family, that's not a concept that a lot of people can have. I think it's a combination of things, but even, so, so what if your friend, if your friend was able to do all those things, then take advantage of your friend's network. What if you don't even have the opportunity to meet people in those circles? Like, what if you come from, you know, what if you grew up, like, in the projects in Chicago and, like, you didn't go to college, but you have this, like, amazing idea and you've been, like, being an entrepreneur on the side like just out of pure hustle but like where are you going to get your investment like where are you going to get people you, to- okay so i think i'm actually a fan of cold emailing i i do it myself when i think a startup is interesting i do it all the time i read the subject saying like supernode jenny and then like clear cut and parentheses olivia like that's i'm and it and I just say, like, I'm a partner at this fund, would love to learn more. My success rate has been really, it's like 99%. It's fantastic. Um, cold emails, I would, some people don't, are not, are they're like, warm intros are, warm intros are great, but cold emails work, I think. And then there's so many meetups. just about getting meetups. to the right person, right? Yeah, but there's meetups. There's, like, if you go on Eventbrite, like, there are so many tech events, and there's so many spe- people that are speaking at places, and if you hustle, like, Wait until the speaker's done to be the first person to be like, um, do you, can I have a car? Like, you, you just have hustle. to hustle. You've got to be aggressive. And sometimes it's like an easier path and sometimes it just, you just got to work harder. It, it just it's, is what it and is. And it's persistence. Mm-hmm. And I think, persistence, 100%. And like the people that didn't go to Penn, that worked at Goldman, that came from an off the beaten path school, like those are the people that, that probably, are the hard, hardest working. 100%. Mm-hmm. And are going to cr- be the next Lloyd. So, mm-hmm. or David Salm. <laughs> No, but seriously, like the if you want it badly enough, you could you'll you just you you have to and, hustle. And Jenny will answer your cold emails, so just know that. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, I will, but like I would no, no, I'll answer them. But it's just I'll get a lot of emails a day, but I'll do my absolute best. <laughs> Don't cold email her if it's not something. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm really I'm, I'm always happy to help, especially alumni or people from any like it's if it's from someone in your community, it's sort of an obligation. Yeah. You feel like you have, I mean, not in a bad way, but like you, you should. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank for you. This so much more fun so- than I thought. Really? I mean, I didn't think it was going to be bad, but like so fun. <laughs> awesome. And thank you to Firstly for, um, you know, getting our buzz on. We appreciate that. And Jenny, where can people um, follow you on Instagram and all- see all your hilarious posts and slide into your DMs? And So my Instagram <laughs> is Jenny Friedman. I know. It's, it doesn't seem like it's a great po- it se- seem like it's a great handle, but there's a lot of Jenny Friedman. So there's like Jenny Friedman six and Jenny Friedman fifteen. So you're like the OG the Jenny Friedman with a I E D M A N double N Y. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And it's the only one with red hair. It's like it's a really dope picture, obviously. <laughs> and then the and then my email is just Jenny at superno.vc. And check out our super. Well, we're not that active on Instagram. We're active more active on Twitter, but. Follow on Twitter. Yeah, we do both Supernode and and on Twitter. I'm Jen Friedman. See, I didn't even get Jenny, but I don't. Use, I mean, I don't, I'm not a huge on Twitter, but everyone else in tech is. I know. I can't get into you, we, it. You, we got to. I know. Like we we'll, we'll both make, for me. No, we'll both like make a lot more money if we did that. 
It's just so much work. And it's so much, so much extra. I already got all this other stuff No, it's on. so much extra. <laughs> but, like, everyone in tech. And none of my personal friends are on it. But what but do like, you say? Like, just your like thoughts? You're just, yeah. Like, literally. It's lame, but, like, you've got to do it. I, I'm, now that I think of it, after this, I'm going to have to tweet. Okay. She's going to start tweeting. We're motivating her. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for stopping by again. And if you guys want to see the beautiful jewelry that we were looking at, head to The Clear Cut on YouTube. And, of course, follow us at The Clear Cut. Thanks, guys. Thanks.